0: I'm Colleen, and this podcast is an inside look at recovery, which I define as a lifelong journey to get out of your own way. Recovery is about healing the past, finding meaning in the present, and creating a future that's in alignment with your purpose and values. Join me for mindset upgrades that move you from worry and regret to resilience and confidence. I'll share easy strategies for how to feel better without having to make major changes because it's not what you do, it's who you are. Self-care is the path to recovery because our needs are not negotiable. In this episode, I'm going to role model some emotional intelligence so that you can see how to stop blaming others for the way you feel. And I'm going to rake open what it looks like to manage your mind and take 100% responsibility for everything you think and feel. You know, emotional intelligence is where you realize that nobody can make you mad. Other people's behaviors are not what's driving your emotions. Your thoughts and feelings are what's creating the emotions in your body. And this is super simple and yet really difficult to get into when you're just sure that the reason you're upset is because somebody is doing something to you or at you or whatever. The number one coping skill of emotional intelligence whether you're in sobriety or whether you're recovering from anything or you're just trying to live your best life the number one coping skill is awareness and i take my definition of awareness from don miguel ruiz he's the one that writes the four agreements and The Voice of Knowledge and Five Levels of Attachment. I have every single one of his books. They are completely underlined. He's taught me that the voice in my head is not a reflection of the truth or of who I am. My thoughts are just words in my head that cause feelings in my body. And the way he explains it just really makes sense. And so I highly recommend um, you get into his books if you wanna learn more or if this makes sense to you. But his definition of awareness is the ability to distinguish between what's happening in the world from what's happening in your mind. And 90 plus percent of the things we feel every single day are a result of what's going on inside of us. You know, our feelings are a reflection of our own thoughts, not the outside world. Our feelings are the the physical sensation of thoughts. Feelings and thoughts are the same thing. It's kind of like words have sound. You know, you can hear the words I'm saying. Um, Poop has smell. You can smell poop. Uh, Food has taste. You can taste something that you're eating. Um, So it's the same way with feelings. You feel things because you're thinking. If you're not thinking, you're not feeling, you know, this is why you don't really see severe cases of depression in, say, a two-year-old, because they don't have the language to sit around and tell themselves a story that ultimately makes them sad. They get pissed if you take away their sucker, but that's in the present moment and they're easily distracted. That's why two-year-olds stay alive because we can distract them in in different ways, but they don't have an internal dialogue. They don't have a sense of identity that gives them emotional problems. Um, They live very much in the present moment. And so it's really important to understand that your emotional situation, the state of your emotions are being caused by thoughts, language, The story we're telling ourselves is why we feel happy or sad. Now, there are physical causes of, say, anxiety and depression, you know, that can be caused by gut health or brain chemistry and all of that. So it's a very I have a very holistic view of, you know, the state of our. Sensations in our body in any given moment. It's never just one thing. So, the way you feel is never just like one thought. You know, it's the collection of everything you're thinking. Um, And it's also biochemical and it's also physical. It's all all of the things, but the tool of having awareness that there is a difference between what's going on in the world and what's going on in your body is the the way you enter into monitoring your feelings and learning how to manage your mind. Okay, so my story is this. This is where we're gonna get into it um, for, for an example, and I'll kind of role model how this looks. I don't like to kiss in the morning, I know, I know, that's horrible. Um, I was always fine to kiss my kids, but if I haven't brushed my teeth, I don't want anybody coming in in distance of me. I, I wanna get up and I wanna brush my teeth. And there's nothing right or wrong about that preference, that's my preference. And I'm sure it's from securities, I still remember when my Dad said to me as a little girl, oh, a little birdie pooped in your mouth. And ever since then, I have been insecure about morning breath and I don't want to kiss in the morning, please, until I brush my teeth at least. And then also maybe just back up. Give me give me a minute. Give me some space. Like, let me let me move around. My husband um, is a kisser in the morning and has no sense of shame about his morning breath. And to be fair to him, he he honestly doesn't have that bad of morning breath, but he has he does not have any shame. And so he comes at me with these puckered up duck lips before we even get out of bed. And I don't like to kiss in the morning. So given that, um, this this creates some problems in our relationship um, that I've I'm going to break down for you here where I can take full responsibility because for a long time I was annoyed at my husband because he's coming at me for a kiss and I don't want to give him a kiss. And in that you can just imagine I feel clenched. I feel angry. I you know, I have all of these feelings. And if I wasn't aware that what's happening is happening in my mind, I might be under the mistaken assumption that my husband's desire to have a kiss first thing in the morning is the problem. But the truth is that my thoughts and feelings about my husband wanting to have a kiss first thing in the morning are the problem. And that is, before I get deeper into it, that is one of my tools for for um activating my awareness i have this mantra where i say blank is not the problem my thoughts and feelings are the problem so in this situation again my husband wanting a kiss is not the problem my thoughts and feelings about my husband wanting a kiss are a problem this mantra is my go-to aha it is my go to to take a break from whatever is going on and get right with myself. And because I you know, the the situation itself is neutral. My husband wants a kiss in the morning. That's not right or wrong or good or bad or helpful or harmful. It's neutral. And that is the awareness is that I'm making his desire to have a kiss in the morning, his duck lips coming at me. I'm making that mean something, and it's creating feelings in my body. It's not his behavior creating my feelings, it's my thoughts. So let me dig into my thoughts about this situation and buckle up because this is what is all going through my mind and the reason I'm going to purge it for you is so that you can understand exactly why I'm feeling negative energy inside my body. Because the words in my brain, the language that I'm thinking, those words are attached to sensations in my body. The words, it's, it's like, um, you know, if you bang a symbol and then you hear the sound, if I think the following thoughts, this is what I feel in my body. So buckle up. Here's my list of thoughts. Kissing in the morning is gross. So I'm going to feel a little repulsed from that. Uh, I'm going to extend that further with the thought, my husband is gross which is not a good thought to have about your husband, but I've thought it many times. My husband is so gross. I don't like kissing in the morning. So in my body, I might feel resentful. Why can't he just leave me alone is a thought that also creates, resonates is frustration. Then let's go deeper. The thought, I'm a bad wife because I don't want to kiss. Something is wrong with me. So those thoughts start bringing up shame. They start bringing up regret. They start bringing up judgment for myself. I think I'm too uptight. Like, come on. If he doesn't mind morning breath, then I shouldn't mind morning breath. And I should just kiss him. I'm too uptight. So that starts feeling negative in my body then i don't like that feeling so my brain goes back at my husband and i start thinking my husband cares more about his needs than my needs one of my favorite things to think is no you're not giving me a kiss you're taking a kiss like i'm being violated here of course i don't really think i'm being violated but you you can follow this train of thought it's not good and it's creating negative stuff in my mind then I start thinking, I start holding myself hostage with the thought, if I don't kiss him, he's going to be mad and upset with me. And as a woman in a patriarchal society, I am highly trained and skilled at caring more about other people's feelings than my own. And that's the bottom line here, is that I'm having an argument with myself that is not respecting my own feelings, my own preferences. I'm respecting my my husband's more, which is creating obviously a lot of resentment in my body. You know, so I'm thinking thoughts like, why doesn't he respect my boundary? Why doesn't he respect the fact that I don't want to kiss? The real question that comes from a place of awareness is why am I not respecting my boundaries? why am i making this a problem what if i assumed that my preference for not kissing is valid okay acceptable just like my husband assumes that his preference for kissing despite morning breath situations he assumes that his preference is valid and okay and acceptable and what if i showed up in that moment with the same level of assumptions you know this is where the patriarchy is internalized and i use the word patriarchy but let's just say you know the 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 imbalance of power ladies most of the time that imbalance of power starts in our own mind we show up to situations assuming that we have to justify or seek permission or get approval for what we think feel and need we assume that other people have to agree with us for us to be okay my husband suffers no such assumptions my husband assumes that what he thinks feels and needs is okay and should be tolerated by those around him that is the difference and what i notice in my relationship is the more i show up not needing to explain myself Not needing to ask permission for me to be the way I am, the the more he shows up with like, oh, oh, okay, that's just the way it is. It's when I show up with all this, with baggage full of shame and guilt and need of wanting his approval that things get real complicated. I don't want to kiss in the morning is not complicated. And if I don't make it an issue, he's much less likely to, you know? So the question to ask myself here is what if I started treating my idiosyncrasies, my humanity, with the same respect as I do his? And furthermore, what if I assume that my husband is capable of handling a bit of disappointment or even rejection? So, he comes at me with his duck lips ready for a kiss and wanting to be intimate you know before i've even brushed my teeth or peed what if i can say "Mm, that's gonna have to wait and assumed that there's nothing wrong with me and assumed that there was nothing wrong with him just you know request denied try again in 15 minutes (laughs) or later or I'll let you know and if he feels on his radar of emotions a blip of disappointment or rejection that's on him to deal with he can write in his journal or give his coach a call or call his guy friends or girlfriends or whatever and have have you know support for his needs like what if i assumed he's capable of dealing with his needs and it's not my job to make him feel better by making myself do something that i don't want to do you know brene brown explains resentment as something that happens when we resent other people because they're giving themselves permission to do what we're not giving ourselves permission to do. The classic example I think she gives is like her husband sit on the couch watching football on a Sunday afternoon and she's in the kitchen cooking or making the chili or doing the laundry or doing all that stuff. And so she's resentful of him because he's not helping her. But in truth, she has the choice also to sit down and take a break. She has the choice to say, you know, I value my own needs more than I do a sparkling clean house that it's if some random stranger stops by and checks the dust level on my mantle, they'd be super impressed. Like as women, we put all of these expectations on ourselves, and then we blame the world that we've accepted them. When in fact, awareness, is realizing that it's our own thoughts and feelings that are creating the problems inside of our body. And so I just want to go back, all those thoughts that I shared, kissing in the morning is gross, my husband is gross, you know, I'm a bad wife that I don't want to kiss, I'm uptight, my husband cares more about his needs. All of those thoughts that are in my body are now creating my emotional state. And guess what? I'm not having fun i am upset i haven't even brushed my teeth and i've already started my day with this toxic soup of energy inside my body so part of in recovery part of awareness is once you become aware of the thoughts creating your emotional situation is to take full responsibility of it and in this situation what i think is happening is that i'm choosing to eat resentment before breakfast because it's the lesser of two evils in my brain because i'd rather be mad at my husband for wanting needing and perhaps taking a kiss that i begrudgingly give him because i'd rather eat my own resentment than fear the thought in my head that he's going to think i'm a cold frigid bitch because I don't want to kiss first thing in the morning before I brush my teeth. You know what I'm saying? All of this is happening in my head. And once I accept responsibility for it, I can release him to think and feel whatever he wants. And he may think that I'm a cold, frigid bitch because I don't want to kiss him. That is the truth. And when I set with that fear, I don't have to try to fix it. Like, what if I allowed him to think whatever he wants and to manage his mind and to not judge him for the fact that he's dealing with a human brain that's also been programmed by the patriarchy to judge women who, you know, don't. I guess wake up looking hot and feeling sexy first thing in the morning like what if i trust that he can manage his emotions and if he can't then i can still manage my own about his because the alternative is a self-fulfilling prophecy you know if he has the thought that i'm a cold frigid bitch and i agree with him that i'm a cold frigid bitch well now we've got a cold, frigid bitch in the bathroom and it's not even 6 a.m. But if I don't agree with him, then that thought has no power in my body and it carries a lot less weight with him. So by not thinking that I'm a cold, frigid bitch, I am disarming the emotional charge of that. And if he has the thought, he it's much easier for him to dismiss than if I've taken up arms against him to defend myself against being a cold, frigid bitch, because I believe that's what I am. You see, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, think about the fact that Zoom way out. We are biological creatures, animals living on planet Earth. Planet Earth is circling around the sun, You know, we've evolved over millions of years. Our brains began as very primitive survival mechanisms that protected us. Then we got language that created emotions. And the purpose of our emotions is not to inform us about what's happening out in the world. It's to inform us of what's going inside, going on inside of our bodies. And when you think about the fact that we're just human creatures, what is a thought? It's like synapses firing. It's electrical impulses floating through someone's brain. It doesn't mean anything. Like meaning is something we make in the mind. And if my husband has the words float through his brain that, oh, she's frigid. What's wrong with her? Like that doesn't make him a bad person. That doesn't mean that it's true. That doesn't mean we have to talk about it. Like we give our thoughts so much weight. And if you spin out and realize we are one of eight billion people spinning around the sun, like it's just noise. And when you can when you can take responsibility for your emotions and then also relax and realize that you thinking something and he thinking something and all of that it like it doesn't have to mean anything and a lot of this stuff can just be let go and what is really important with emotional intelligence is not to let it go unless you truly like believe like, OK, it's not important. I don't need to do a deep dive. Like obviously in this situation, I've done a deep dive so that I can kind of role model and explain to you. I've untangled my thoughts and chords. So now I understand, you know, before I'm awake, if we're not really conscious in any given moment, we're running on autopilot. You know, most of what we think or say or do of it, it's just the same shit we thought, did, and said yesterday. Like, we're just, we're not really present. And so our emotions are alerting us to um, uncomfortable, uh, or are alerting us to the thoughts going on in our body. We can just not pay attention to that. Where that becomes a problem is where, like, early in my relationship, when I just continued to give the kiss and not pay attention to my emotions, then the resentment built because emotions can be like a fire alarm and just disabling the alarm without investigating the source of smoke leads to bigger fires so me taking the time to do this once and for all okay now i get it so now i may wake up and my husband's on autopilot and he comes at me with his big duck lips and wanting to hug and kiss and before i really think about it I may give him the kiss and then I feel icky in my body if I'm not paying attention to that then I might not realize that I've already broken this down I've already done the work and this emotion is just kind of a knee-jerk reaction that my brain is you know going through an old neural pathway the neuropathway was activated. And I can choose to simply see that and, and just allow the feeling, oh, that's why I feel bad. Okay, just breathe through it. Oops, I gave him the kiss, even though I didn't want to, you know, whatever, not a big deal. But we, it's important to understand that our thoughts are on auto-repeat. And so even though you may break something down and make sense of it, sometimes that feeling's going to come back up for you. You know, sometimes if I'm not paying attention, I'm out and about and people are drinking, I feel a moment of longing and I might want to drink, you know, and and so realizing that that feeling comes up, okay, there's the fire alarm. I can, you know, I can disable it and say, oh, I don't actually want to drink. That's just a reflex feeling. That's a reflex thought. And I don't have to give it any weight. And, you know, not to jump into another lane, but i when i work with clients and they've experienced you know five minutes ten minutes one hour or a couple of days where they're thinking about drinking again they come to me and they're like oh i don't know what to make of this i was thinking about having a drink and i you know does that mean that i'm gonna relapse does that mean that i'm not taking my sobriety seriously does that mean that I should start drinking again? Does that mean that I can't trust myself and I'm just gonna be overcome with some craving at some point and just go right back into drinking like I used to? And so as a coach, I have to show them that, you know what, just because you had a thought doesn't mean anything. Our thoughts simply explain why we feel the way we feel. and to kind of wrap this up when we're feeling something the first the first call to action is to notice we're feeling it take yourself off of autopilot oh i'm feeling icky right now what's going on with that and then okay here's the situation and you know again using my mantra blank whatever the situation is is not the problem my thoughts and feelings about the situation are the problem okay Have I already thought about this before? Do I need to go around this mountain? Have I investigated the source of the smoke? Yes. All right. Then I'm just going to let this energy dissipate and move on with my day. Think about something else because thinking about this doesn't make me feel good. Or I really am curious as to what's bothering me here. Is there a boundary that I need to find and dig into and express? You know, is there some action I need to take? Is this? Is this negative emotion calling me to, you know, make a change? Okay, well then sit down, figure that out, get your journal out, whatever, figure out the source of the smoke and then move on. So this is the most powerful tool. Being able to take full responsibility for anything you think and feel gives you power. This is your source of power. It moves you out of victim mode. You're no longer blaming other people or an event or a situation for how you feel. You can investigate your thoughts and that's going to take you into your subconscious thoughts, which are your beliefs. Beliefs are just thoughts you no longer think about, you assume that they're true. And you can dig into those and decide what you want to keep and what you want to discard what you want to make meaningful and what just is an electrical impulse firing through brain matter of a human animal being so i hope this helps and if you're a person that doesn't like to kiss first thing in the morning you go there ain't nothing wrong with that everybody everybody should have the 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 power and the confidence to decide What they want to do with their bodies and when. And stop apologizing for it. And when you do notice that you're feeling some shame, take full fucking responsibility for it. Nobody's making you feel ashamed, you're feeling ashamed, and you have the power to fix that. So good luck with this. Let me know what comes up for you. I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, And this is also, side note, this is where coaching comes in. This is what I do for a living, is people come to me and they're like, I'm super upset, and I help them figure out, how to take responsibility for it and then dig into the assumptions they're making digging into the limiting beliefs that they're having that is what i do that is the key to recovery that is the key to emotional intelligence and that is the key to stepping into life and creating the one you want instead of reacting to all the crap that you don't want in the same way you always have so reach out if you have any questions or you want any help with this i'll talk to you soon Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please take the time to rate and review the show so that other people can find it. I really appreciate it. And check out the show notes for any resources I've mentioned, including links to follow me on Instagram and join my private Facebook group where I connect with my tribe every day. I love it in there and we have so much fun. And finally, If you're ready to redefine sobriety so that you can feel excited about quitting drinking, follow the link to my 10 Days to Spontaneous Sobriety course, where I will help you eliminate, eradicate, obliterate, cancel your desire to drink. Because looking and feeling your best is addictive too. I'll see you soon.